Like this bitch-ass white boy. Boy. What it do, playboys and playgirls? Welcome to High Vertical, your weekly sports podcast. We weren't we weren't live last week, you know, because Nick had to go to Philadelphia. He had to go visit Carson Wentz. He had to go kiss him on the lips. It's mm. been Nick's. Um, it's on your bucket list for a couple months now. Yeah, for you guys. How was uh, it? How was the kiss? Yeah, it was. It was really good. A lot of tongue. Um, I am. For those of you that don't know, I'm Carson, sports psychologist. Um, I don't have a degree, and that's why he's not playing very well because I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> uh, look, we we missed we we missed last week, so we couldn't give our predictions on on the scores of next of uh, week two of the NFL. And we couldn't really get into uh, Boston and Miami's first two games, but we'll, we'll remedy that now. Uh, over the la- over the f- over the week one picks that we had, we were both right on everything except the Rams Dallas game, which I had the Rams winning and you had Dallas winning. I was right, you were wrong. Um, I think the Rams are a lot better than people think they are. I think you're I think the hard knocks kind of kind of de- deceived you. I think you're you right. I would say that's fair. I'm judging off yeah. these first two weeks, but also though, good. I'm not sold on Dallas and Philadelphia being good teams. So we'll, I yeah. could still be right, but for right now, I'm wrong. as we have. So let's go over. Uh, do you want to? What do you want to do first? You want to do Heat Celtics? You want to do NFL Week Two recap? Uh, should we just get into the Heat Celtics? Because we probably have a sure. lot, we have like three games to catch up on there. All right. I, let me tell you, I have never. I wasn't very high. I think that I, I, before the series, I thought Boston was going to win this series in six or seven, and I still kind of believe that. And I know you feel the total opposite of uh, of that. Um, With Gordon being back as early as he is, I've gotten a little bit more optimistic of the Celtics, but I also disagree. Still, I still think like I think he's in six or seven. But anyway, and we also uh, there, there is in like the break between game. Game three and four right now is, I believe, like what four days? Yeah, because they last played Saturday. It's five days. And yeah, they're the gonna Saturday, play yeah, four days. Yeah, Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, yeah, four day, four day rest, which I think benefits both teams, but I think it benefits obviously Boston more with that Gordon injury. Yes. Like, uh, let me see the stats. So game one, I think the Heat. I think it was a what a really good game between both teams. Came down to what like the final possession. Yeah, it really. Uh, yeah, it went to overtime. Then went down to like the last play. Huge block by Bam. Big playoff moment. Big, big. I mean, one of the best. I think the best Heat defensive uh, defensive play I think I've ever seen. Like straight up. Uh, I won't say it's the best defensive playoff uh, play. I think just because there's it's there's so much. You know, yeah. LeBron's block. There's just so much to go on there. Oh yeah. But. In terms of like, I think this year's playoffs, it's like it's got to be a top three moment. I mean, yeah, until yeah. AD's oh, yeah. buzzer beater, and then you had OG's buzzer beater. But. Yeah. And the, the Heat won that game 117-114. Went to overtime. It was I such a good heat... play. I wasn't even yeah. mad. You know how I yeah. like get yeah. mad at players for playing good against my team. It was just one moment where I'm like, that was just a great play. I don't even know. Yeah. Didn't know how to In, react. Like, I would say, like, in the first, the Heat just turned it on in the fourth quarter because they played a really awful third quarter in that game. Only scored 16 points compared to Boston's 28. Boston kind of took the foot off the gas and let the Heat kind of come back. Like, yeah. They, like, they almost did in game three. 
but uh, I think the appearance of Gordon Hayward really uh, stopped that comeback. God, yeah, it's so nice having Gordon out on the field, like yeah. him or on the court. Um, he and Marcus are like they're so smart. Yeah. Yeah, like Marcus played great in all those games. Yeah, Marcus has been incredible this entire playoff. I know he doesn't take yeah. great shots, but man, he uh, he always seems to make the right play, even though he's not like he doesn't have the shooting prowess to take some of the shots that he does. Mm-hmm. It is the right play in the moment for the most part. And Gordon Hayward is like having six eight Brad Stevens out there. Yeah, how does uh, how do you feel about Kemba's performance in this in this series so far? I think the zone just gives him a lot of trouble. I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, I kind of expected him to have probably the roughest time of the Celtics big four just because of his lack of playoff experience and his mm. his size too. He's going to figure it out like over time. I don't know if he'll like be able to string along consistent performances like this year, but I think next year in the playoffs he'll be a bit better. Um, but I'm not upset with that. I think he's him being on the court is still a positive. I never am like craving for more brad wanamaker minutes mm. so yeah i mean he's played he played a lot of minutes in game one wanamaker yeah the i think hayward being out there is a plus just to you know get keep, him off the court have less brad wanamaker and uh just completely eliminate shemi ojale from the rotation that's the oh, biggest yeah. plus yeah because he is definitely a liability when he's out there shemi is a one-trick pony on offense his defense can be good but his off boy he's just a statue yeah, uh, I mean, uh, man, I I don't like. The, I think the Heat lose Game Four at this point. It's looking dead towards. I think I'm not sure what. Uh, I got to see what Spoke comes up because I think the Celtics obviously figured out that zone in the second half of the game of Game Four. Yeah, because uh, the Heat could not stop anything. They really couldn't. The the shooting percentage for the uh, Celtics was uh, really good. That they look the Celtics scored uh, had a better three point percentage than the Heat. They had a thirty-four point six field uh, three-point percentage. He had twenty-seven point three, and they had a better field goal percentage. You guys were shooting forty-eight point two percent from the field. Yeah, and the Celtics have been shooting pretty well from the field the whole series. So they, I think, offensively yeah. they're in a good groove. There was a, I think it was, I don't know if it was game one or game two, but I remember because I've only watched the the fourth quarter of uh, both game one and game two because uh, I was on the road, and mm-hmm. there was. One of those games, the Celtics missed like 10 or 11 three-pointers in a row, which let Miami get back into it. And then there yeah. was a point where I think the game was tied at halftime of game three, and then Miami in the second half, after being like crazy hot from three, Tyler Harrow was like, could, couldn't miss. I was really hoping Greg, like the Greg Williams treatment would come in and someone just take out his knee, because like that's the only way we're going to be able to <laughs> stop him. <laughs> um, but they got cold in the second half and missed like 10 or 11 three-pointers themselves so i wonder if that's just like the law of averages because i feel like one of those first two games the celtics probably should have came away with it and i think like this miami shooting performance was kind of just like a a law of averages situation playing out where they couldn't stay that hot for that long but i also don't think they're going to be that cold again in game four yeah i wonder i wonder when if the if our shooting will be back for game for game four, uh, for game four, because we kind of obviously we need it. Because I think the Celtics can't had win without it. Duncan Robinson and some early foul trouble too. They like really targeted yeah. him on defense because I, which they I think did. is a smart move. You you target yeah, at sure. least one of Robinson or Hero and try to get them in foul trouble because having them both on the floor is just like it's just too much to defend. Like 
having Goron, Jimmy, Bam, Harrow, and Robinson out there is just a nightmare for for an opposing defense. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, that's. I think Robinson in the off season needs to needs to work on his defense because he is the liability out there when he starts. He's got size. And, He's got size. He has every honestly. I, I think he could be a decent defender where yeah. he doesn't, where he's not a liability if he just because like I, I understand why he isn't that now. You know, it's his what second year in the NBA, start like first year really having an impact on as a as a member of the start like as a starting five member. I think he just needs to put in the work. Just got it. He has to work on his footwork because he's a playing flat footed when he's playing on defense and it just. It just leads that leads to fouls like yeah. Jalen and Jason are just going to eat that up like every time. They're yeah, they're going to switch on them and they're just going to drive. And Jalen has been playing to me the best. Oh yeah, and, uh, he played a great game three. He did everything that he needed to do. He rebounded the ball tremendously. So did Jason Tatum. At fourteen rebounds, great rebound. Like that's how you get to beat the Heat is if you out rebound us. Yeah, that if we, that was something. Bam can only get so much. That was something I noticed in the when I was watching the fourth quarter of a. Uh... The first two games is just like a lot of ball watching on the Celtics, not fucking yeah. going up and grabbing it when it hits off the rim. So it's like, mm-hmm. despite them shooting, I think, I don't know the exact stats, but I think they shot better than the Heat in at least one of those games. But the Heat just had more free throws, more possessions, at least in the fourth quarter. And that just killed them. So it looked like they got that short up. If they keep doing that two. and they win game four, I I will really throw my hands up and say I don't know. I thought for sure it was over. Now I think there's like a 20-25% chance the Celtics can win it. If they lose game four, that's the series. If they win it, then it's best of three from that mm-hmm. point. And yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I agree. Uh, look forward to, uh, I look forward to tomorrow's game. Uh, I'm very nervous. Very nervous. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very nervous. Well, yeah. I guess we can we can move in. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say with this, it's like it's such a good matchup. Like every game is, it's come right down to it. Right? Even the last one, even though it's technically a double digit win, it got really close at the end. It was almost another blown lead. It's like when the Celtics, uh, when the Raptors came back on the Celtics from two zero, made it two two and three three. I was like concerned. Because you don't know what's going to happen, but I always felt like Boston was the better team, and that mm. the talent always wins out. With this, I don't think either team can confidently say that they're better than the other one. I think it's so evenly matched. Yeah. They like different styles of play, but they're both really evenly matched. So I agree. Be interesting. Um, I guess we can move on to Lakers Nuggets. I guess the first game of the Lakers Nuggets series was kind of. Uh, Lackluster, you know, the Nuggets coming off of emotional game seven. Yeah. I mean, this is just a whole series, an emotional series against the the favorites of the whole. Like, you and me both picked them to go to the final. I game. was, yeah, I was so, to the last moment, I was so in on the Clippers. Even Like, yeah. after game six of the conference semis, I was like, Clippers going all the way. Yeah. So. And I just, and did you hear the, <laughs> I'm not sure where I saw, I think it was Bleacher Report, but someone tweeted that. After the game seven loss in the Clippers locker room, Paul George like gave a speech like he was uh, he was saying like look we got to come in you know this is I'm gonna we're here for a long time we got we can't can't go out like this next time and apparently he was met with a lot of eye rolls. Yeah, I did not hear that, but that's how I would meet him. Like, boy, you need to commit. <laughs> a lot of eye rolls, and I was just like, oh, it's not good. 
Not good. He's not a leader. I mean, and no, then he got it. He's got a twist. Well, I Neither guess, is Kawhi really. Kawhi no. is like a silent leader, and he's not. But like the only leader on that vocal leader on that team, I'm trying to. Th- it'd probably be Pat Beverly. Yeah. And but man, they need. They need. I'm not sure what they need, man. They need someone in there. They need. Trey Kyle Lowry. Honestly, Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul. Even like I would just say they need someone with like some sense of like a leadership someone who can like steer the boat when it's like rudderless like it was like for that for like the last four games of that series yeah that was just really embarrassing and i i mean you and i have talked about it we both really like the nuggets it but there's yeah. just no excuse to lose to like no the nuggets while they're this man? young yeah up three one can't put them away yeah you lose three in a row to like a young team that's not really like a hundred percent healthy that's and the Clippers are pretty much 100% healthy. Yeah. It's just and you, like you get the best player in the world right now in Kawhi Leonard. Can't put him away. Yeah. That's uh, a little suspect, man. And I guess honestly the I put the blame mostly on Paul George and Doc Rivers. <laughs> Cuz yeah. like Doc Rivers, Doc, you're getting out coached by Mike Malone, man? Yeah. Mike Malone's a good head coach, but you were you were brought there like they kept you on because like you're because you're such a great head coach it made me feel good because i was like damn danny ainge really won that uh that trade oh, yeah. for doc rivers to the clippers for i don't know even who the pick turned into probably nobody probably like rj hunter or something but brad stevens as many complaints as people have had about him in these playoffs and that i've had about him too in terms of blowing leads still i think better than doc rivers yeah i would say so at this point I mean, if you look, it's hard to say that you're a good head coach when you have like the team that's that was the favorite coming into the season, favorite going into the bubble, and you and the favorite to win the whole damn thing, and you lose three one. Yeah, man. and you've had all those lobsided. And you're not even in the conference. Yeah, not even in the conference final. Yeah, that should have at least made a conference finals. There's Doc's probably had like three teams that should have at least made the conference finals during his time in the Clippers, and it's just never happened. Because so. yeah, I think if they would have like went to the conference finals and they lost to the Lakers, I would have been like, eh, you know, it's yeah. LeBron. There's you dignity know, he's in that. been there. There's dignity in that. But losing in like in the semifinals, the conference yeah. semifinals to the Nuggets, who just came off a fucking another three one fucking uh, series win, yeah. like like they just came out and like you couldn't put them away. And just the fashion in which it happened too, it was like they had double digit leads. Like oh my god, yeah, and they got blown game, out. They got game. blown out in game seven. It wasn't even close. Yeah, it wasn't even close. It was over in the fourth quarter. But I think they even had a double digit lead in the first half, which I you know is really nothing. But in the second half, they had double digit leads in games five and six couldn't do it yeah. crazy but the Terrible. nuggets are great though they're the nuggets are a good team man. way further along than i expected them to be at this point and i would like i throw game one up to the lakers i think the lakers were always going to win game one but but game yeah. two i thought the nuggets had it for a minute that's man. a heartbreaker really yeah. Jokic really heartbreaker. balled out there oh yeah 30 points nine for nine for 20 11 for 12 at the free throw line AD though, 31 points, 11 for 23, God. 7 for 7 at the free throw line, and a game winner, a nasty game winner yeah. too, man. That was a good game winner. Do you good th- game. Do you think cuz I've I've heard people saying this and I kind of agree, do you think whoever makes it out of the East wins it all? It depends on uh look, if all right, let's say let's say the Lakers win the series. 
I think the I think it's I think it's a very it's a it's a toss up, and I, I honestly I would lean towards any of the Eastern Conference teams. But then again, there is an X factor in LeBron James that we don't really we can't account for in numbers because he, the man is still the man is like the best player in the world aside from Kawhi Leonard right now. I would say those two are the best, but LeBron has is a crazy freak of a man who can do anything at at any time at the court. And I honestly, I really don't, I honestly, if either Miami or Boston goes against the Lakers, I would say it's toss up. It's going seven or six. That's how I see it at this point. I'm I'm worried about the Lakers. More so for sure than the the Nuggets. Well, also this is going to sound like the most Homer thing ever. Cause you picked LeBron as the X factor, which is the correct answer. But my incorrect answer is X factor is Rajon Rondo. Cause they've been playing so much uh, better yes, yes, since Rondo yes. has gotten back. It's, mm-hmm. it's inexplicable how good he can be at some points. I don't know why he just isn't, he doesn't play like this. <laughs> it's all so the time. weird. It's, it's so, so strange. Weird. It's so strange. It's such a, no, no other player ha- has that like, like he does. And there's no team he wants to prove himself against oh. more than the Celtics, but then there's also no team he hates more than the Miami Heat. Yeah. So either way, he's got plenty of Rondo 3D Rondo chess it, yeah. motivation. So I I am I uh, if I'm if I'm the Celtics, I would be scared to play Rondo. I I think he I think he that would. he should be scared too, man. I think we should both we should both be very scared no matter how this goes. Yeah. We we're gonna get just insane 2010 Rajon Rondo, and it's just yeah. gonna be so frustrating <laughs> for either of us. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's, and I guess the series going forward. I think I think the Lakers will win this in probably six or five. At this yeah. point, I think I think the Nuggets. I think they're a great team. I think they have all the pieces to become a championship contender. It's just that man, they've been ran through the ringer this whole playoffs, like. Winning two, going seven and two series in your first two series, and then playing the Lakers, who have pretty much just had a cakewalk the whole way. Yeah. Like I could it's see hard. It, oh, it's hard. It's hard. I could see it going seven games, but there's no way in hell the NBA lets the Nuggets get in over the Lakers. <laughs> no, no way. way. No chance. They let them have. They let them beat the Clippers, but man, they are not letting them get to the yeah. NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't know if the NBA like truly gives a shit until the the conference finals. I think I thought that Game Seven of Toronto and Boston was officiated very fairly, but I also thought that if it came down to it, to a couple fifty fifty calls, Boston was getting the nod because the NBA yeah. would rather have the Celtics have a chance at the finals than Toronto. Same mm-hmm. with. The Nuggets and Lakers. If it's 50-50 calls, it's going to the Lakers. I kind of agree with you on that. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I guess we can move on to the a week two recap of the NFL. Let's do a lot it. Of stuff to go over. It started off with Thursday night Browns Bengals, and I think we all know who the worst quarterback is in that division. Yeah, we do. <laughs> And his name is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He hey, he did protect his house though. He did protect his house <laughs> for sure. He was six for twenty three, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Opposite him, the rookie Joe Burrow. Crazy stats: thirty seven for sixty one, three hundred and sixteen yards, and three touchdowns. Boy, he got some reps. 
got in some reps that often they cannot run the ball to save their lives. Look at the, this is their rushing. This is their rushing yards. Uh, they had 46 yards from Joe Mixon on 16 attempts. Mm. Joe Burrow had seven. He, he carried the ball seven times, got 19 yards. And Giovanni, Gio, Giovanni Bernard, one attempt for three yards. Man, I can't believe they gave Joe Mixon $12 million a year. I thought that contract was very strange because I don't pay yeah, that, that much attention weird. to the Bengals. So I'm like, is Joe Mixon good? Did I just not realize? But I don't, uh, I think I don't know, man. My suspicions are right that he's not that good. The Bengals are just a bad organization. And the Browns, I get Odell had a touchdown. He had a, he had a solid game, set four receptions for 74 yards. He did he request Decent. a trade? I thought I heard something about that. No, I, yeah, I don't think that those reports were false. I don't think those were real. Okay. If anything, the Browns are willing are looking for a trade, not him. They don't have to. He doesn't have to worry about calling for a trade at this point. <laughs> I think he likes uh, Cleveland because it smells like shit. <laughs> he does love Cleveland steamers. That is a fact. Uh, I got. I guess the. I don't know, man. I. I I'm not. I, I like Joe Burrow a lot, but I think a lot of teams still don't really have a lot that much. They don't have that much game, game film from him in the NFL yet. And the rule of thumb is they really most defensive coordinators can't really uh, put a game game plan together until they see four games. So I am still too early for me to say Joe Burrow's the thing or he got he has it. But he did have like an amazing his first touchdown pass was a great throw right over the shoulder. Landed right in the breadbasket over two defenders. Great pass. Yeah. Got to give it up to him. He's got mad talent. Although I think, yeah, anyone like overreacting to like the stats of the game or anything. It's like that's not statistically that's still not a great game because it's like if you throw the ball over 60 times, you should have at least 300 yards and he got like just yeah. over. So Browns are a good defense, though. So they're, yeah. they're nothing if not that. Yeah. Uh, we had this, the snoozer of the Giants-Bears game. A huge snooze fest, but the biggest thing coming out of this was Saquon tore his ACL in the first half of this game. I saw the play happen. It wasn't nothing malicious happened on the play. He just it just looked like he was he was being toppled out of bounds, being pushed, and it looks like he put all that weight on his right knee and it just kind of buckled. He landed and it was just over. I saw it happen. It yeah. was not good i saw like how his knee looked like it was on his way to the ground officially and like yeah. I, I immediately knew in the replay i'm like mm, that's that's bad yeah he as, as soon as he went down he clutched that knee and i was like oof not yeah. good man it's a bummer and this is yeah it, and uh, this is just the first of oh, man, oh, so many horrible injuries yeah and most of them happening to the 49ers <laughs> Yeah, the 49ers lost, like, their entire season. Yeah, the 49ers <laughs> lost uh, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. were both carted off the field. Jimmy Garoppolo left with an ankle injury. Ankle sprain, I think uh, is what it was, high yeah, ankle sprain. Yeah, Raheem Morris out with a knee injury. Telvin Coleman, is uh, the backup, is supposed to miss a couple weeks with another knee injury that he didn't sustain in that game, but... I, really, I think, like, the... I think we, we, we talked about it, but, like, the injury bug is is alive and well, and it's and it, honestly, it was predicted that there was going to be this, this many injuries this early in the season. Yeah. It's going to be another bad week next week, and then I think it'll mellow out. Like I think it'll mellow metal, metal, uh, mellow out by like week se- six or seven. Yeah, um, but Kyle Shanahan was saying it was the turf at MetLife, and they have yeah. to play there again next week. So I don't know what they yeah. what they can do. Uh, 
But yeah. the the Giants and Jets play on that all year, and they never have issues. So I that I always I never really get it because I'm just not in that life of like a coach or a player. I don't get like I know that turf can be important, but I don't see like how you can blame the turf for all your injuries mm. on that field when like you literally have two separate teams playing eight games a year there. You have 16 games played there. And no one else has really complained about it, to my knowledge. And the Giants and Jets don't seem to have any more injuries than usual on that field. So, yeah. yep. Uh, let me see the next game I have here. That was, uh, I think, it's a pretty big game for the NFC. For the NFC is the Rams totally destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles, like not in a in a very ugly fashion. The Rams scored thirty seven points. It was thirty seven nineteen. I think the Eagles are bad. Yeah, Eagles are bad. They're bad. They're bad. They. I knew that they were bad when they lost to Washington too. That I didn't think like, oh, it's just one week. It's like that's just no. inexcusable. Yeah, they were. They that was a come from behind loss too because they were winning the whole game until like the left fourth quarter. Yeah, that was just. Yeah, it's just not good. Me, I expect uh, them to be way better, like talent wise. Oh they yeah, been better than last year, but nope. And let me just read you Jared Goff's stat line. He was 20 for 27, 267 yards and three touchdowns. Great day at the office yeah. for Mr. Goff. Just carving up that Eagles defense. No doubt. Carving yeah. it up. He, uh, he, could be, he could have a big year. I could. Yeah, I had a good feeling about Jared Goff after Hard Knocks. He seemed like very confident and in control, like more so than I had seen him, like based off his body language. Mm-hmm. So... Hopefully that leads to good things for yeah. LA. I gotta say we didn't talk about it last week, but those Ram- the new Rams uniforms are hideous. Oh, Absolutely, they're, they're the new awful. Bucks uniforms. I think terrible. That the the uniforms they played in Week One, those all gray ones, awful, terrible, it's terrible, the, terrible. The terrible. numbers looked like plastic on shiny, like a plastic, shiny, shiny plastic. Yeah, awful. It's really gross and i don't like the helmet yeah. they had such a perfect like when they went oh, with the, the white all one. whites with the yes. white and white and blue helmets yeah those were nice i like those a lot these and, are just and then you have the, hideous. the same color scheme that they have now but like the classic like bunya nfl teams just overthink it too much like just yep. stick with the classic shit because it's like it's good but they just want to find new uniforms to sell you know it's just a fucking money thing and it's it's awful yeah yep uh and then i think the surprise game of the week that I watched all these games. I watched some of these games. I had red zone on the guy say red zone is the way to go. I can't imagine watching football without red zone. It's so boring. Otherwise red zone's the best. I watched just like the bucks and Panthers and a little bit of the dolphins bills at this barbecue place. Uh, mm-hmm. I was with Alex Jordan and Kurt and St. Pete. And then I went to Alex's place with Kurt to watch the four o'clock red zone games. And Holy shit. That was way better. Oh yeah, red zone is the way to go. Uh, the Falcons Cowboys game, I think the game of the game of the weekend. I was watching this and I was like, man, the Cowboys in the first quarter. I was like, Cowboys fucking suck. Yeah. They were getting like everything that could go wrong happened went wrong in the first quarter for the for the Cowboys, but they surely turned it around after the first quarter. They scored ten points in the. They scored zero points in the first quarter. Ten points second quarter. Fourteen points third quarter. Sixteen points fourth quarter. I think so they had a t- after the first quarter they kind of just won the game and obviously Cowboys offense is good in my opinion I don't think they're a good team but Atlanta is a bad team so I think Atlanta is a bad fun good team to watch because yeah. they because Matt Ryan threw for two hundred seventy three yards four touchdowns 
Calvin Ridley had seven receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Julio did fuck all for me. This is like this Julio, is the year I've been yeah. worried about because I always oh, draft dude, Julio. I drafted, I drafted Calvin Ridley, man. Ooh, I was so happy. I, I knew that. Him. I knew that was a good pick because I, I'm like, it's gonna shift over eventually. I'm like, yeah, maybe Julio still gets some looks, and he had a decent week last week. I think it was, uh, he had a hamstring tweak or something for this yeah. game. But this is, I think, finally the year where Julio slows down. I've been waiting for yeah. it, but I always just go with him because I'm like, he always proves me wrong, and I always am happy. I to think have it'll him. swing. I'll think it'll swing later in the season. I think now the teams are like, oh man, Calvin Ridley's the main target. I think the pendulum will swing. Like, oh, they're gonna start covering Julio just a little bit less, not as less, but not as less. But I think he'll get he'll he'll have a good game. Oh, it'll be great once there. once Atlanta's zero and four and they lose all their confidence and they just start playing like shit in the first half, and then we just get garbage time Matt Ryan for yeah. like an entire 30 minutes that's where i get my julio stats and when the other team stops playing because they're up by like 20 points that's you know it'll come in handy for me just the fact that they were up the whole game is what fucked me yeah did you see the onside kick from greg zerline i did it was crazy onside kick yeah you know it was like smart it's like a smart move to play against you know teams like the falcons or like the bucks or something like that teams that just like don't know how to play football it's genius you're like oh okay that team's incompetent so i'm just gonna like do something that like any other competent team would just go and jump on the ball but they're gonna think that they also have to wait for it to travel 10 yards and we're good mm-hmm. yeah uh that was a real uh, that was probably one of the, like i saw that play live and that was crazy that like the spin it, it, like as soon as it hit like that that uh, i think is it the 10 yards supposed to go 10 yards right yeah it has to go 10 yards as, it doesn't like you could have t- to go was, 10 yards to recover it but it has to go 10 yards for the other team to recover it the yeah. kicking team so like i saw when it went like it was about to hit there it like the ball did this weird spin where it curved in and back and that's how the cowboys got the ball it was a really cool play good yeah, well, uh, yeah, the good watermelon kick yeah, good special teams. Definitely, yeah, the, the game of the week. I mean, everyone's talking about because also it's a Cowboys game, so obviously everyone's going to, yeah. you know, blow it up in magnitude. But it was really like a crazy finish. Yeah, collapse crazy finish. By, Greg classic, Zerline with the win. Classic collapse by Atlanta. Yeah, classic at this point. Like, they were up 29-7, to 7, I think, and they lost the yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> they blew it. They blew it. Even Again. Even Chuck Again. talked about it on uh, NBA and TNT. <laughs> Even Chuck was like, say? he just called them huge chokers. He's like, the Atlanta Falcons outdid themselves. Even this is, he's yeah. like, so this is a worse choke than the Super Bowl. This yeah, is they like, honestly at this point, I think you got to fire Dan Quinn. I think like, how do you like fake look at your team after that loss, thirty nine to forty, dude? You're up. I don't know. Just- just terrible that's i mean it's partially on him for like letting the cowboys even get like back into the game but it's also mm-hmm. on the players to or the special teams coach or whoever for like not understanding to just jump on the ball because they had plenty of opportunities to jump on the ball before mm-hmm. that 10 yards hits it's like all you got to do is jump on it and secure it you're the hands team yeah. that's why you're there you know don't worry about popping up Bad fumbling it if you let it travel true. 10 yards it's fair game and then you have a way tougher shot at recovering it yeah. it just is mind-boggling mind-boggling but i'm totally very happy because atlanta's now zero and two yeah yeah makes it gets to makes the play and you now you guys are you and the saints are i think you and the saints are both tied for first place tied. they have the, the tiebreaker tie but yeah we are we are tied for first place we gotta yeah. got back on the same level as the saints yeah. and we still got one more yeah. game to go against yeah. them so yeah we still have 14 more games to go in general but <laughs> I guess uh, another game that I think is uh, more fascinating than people let on, but was the Broncos Steelers game where the Bronc where the Steelers 
kind of had the game wrapped up and they let the Broncos come back. But yeah. the thing is, Drew Locke went out in the first half with a shoulder injury, yeah. and Jeff Driscoll took over for him and kind of almost brought the Broncos back to win this game. I think the Steelers are uh, – I don't know, man. I, I, I gotta, we got to see more of them, but like, I'm, not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the Steelers at this point. Yeah. They should have been, this game should have been put away. Like, they should have really just put this game away, but they just stalled. Like, the Broncos just kind of – I think their defense is – the Broncos' defense is okay, but, again, to let Jeff Driscoll come back like that, yeah, I think that, yeah that reflects more on the defense. I think the offense, yeah. from what I saw, was fine, um, but yeah. the, the defense, I don't know because Pittsburgh, I was really high on their defense, and yeah. that's something that they shouldn't have allowed to happen. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's weird though when like backups come in the game. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's true, just yeah. a Bucks thing, but it's like you scout all week for Drew Locke, and then you have Jeff Driscoll come in, who's like, it's. I think they play honestly. They they're similar to me in style because they're both athletic. They both got big arms. I think the I don't think the game plan really changed that much from Drew Locke to Jeff Driscoll for the Denver Broncos, at least in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um. And Corlin Sutton got hurt too. Oh I yeah. Think. Well, the so. thing is, like here's the injury bug again. We got the we got Cortland Sutton out for the whole year. We got Drew mm. Locke's gonna miss up to two. He's to out four for the weeks. year. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a torn ACL, I believe, or torn Shit. something. Shit, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, and Jerry Judy had a, I think had a kind of a little. He had a little, uh, a spr- not a sprain, but he he looked like he got hit hard and he kind of walked off. But we'll see. Um, I I'm, I skipped over the 49ers Jets game here just because like the Jets are just fucking awful. Yeah, it's terrible. A real race. Terrible. The worst between, team in uh, football. Between worst team in football, Gase and Quinn easily. to see who gets fired first. Uh, if honestly, I'm surprised Gase still has his job. Honestly, I am too. I'm surprised he even got the job in the first place. That yeah. was a question. I, I was shocked. I was shocked when he was hired as a Jets head coach because so, he, he honestly, he's I, I don't he he is awful. He's terrible. The Jets I, played I, the Dolphins twice a year too. It's like you know he's yeah. bad. You know it. You've yeah. been able to beat him. That should tell you yeah. that. He's not good. He's terrible, terrible, and like he's ruining Sam. Like he's pretty much, I think, he's in the, on the verge of ruining Sam Darnold's career. Because at this mm-hmm. point, the Jets are going to draft Trevor Lawrence with the first round pick. Yeah, that's how bad they're playing. Terrible, terrible, and like the worst team that we thought was going to be the, was the Jaguars, and I think the Jaguars are ten times better than the Jets. I take the Jaguars over the Jets any day of the week. Yeah, the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Are- Pretty good, man. They're probably Pretty still like team. a five or six win team. I don't think they're yeah. gonna make the playoffs, but they're way better than we thought. Yeah, I mean, a lot yeah. of people had them pegged to go like one and fifteen, two and fourteen, and yeah, they uh, they uh, they were um, in this in the first half they they scored ten points, and then in the second half they scored uh, what is it? Uh, they scored thirteen, seven. If you think about it, though, they could conceivably have a winning record. After yeah. this Thursday, they could I could see them yeah. beating the Dolphins. I Guardian, actually think the Jaguars will beat the Dolphins. Yeah, me too. I, that's why I got going. That's what I have in my picks. Uh, Gardner Minshew threw the ball thirty to forty-five. Thirty out of thirty, he made thirty passes, attempted forty-five, three hundred thirty-nine yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I think those two interceptions came one in the first half, one in the second half. But I like Gardner Minshew. I do too. Like I think I think he's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's looks. That's what it looks like he's becoming. I think he could be like a more steadying presence though than than Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. I think he could be like a rich man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like I I see yeah. Gardner Minshew sticking somewhere. Whether it's Jacksonville wants to commit to him or another team wants to commit to him, I see him being a starting quarterback for a few years. 
Yeah, I'm a fan of Gardner Minshew at this point. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he like the way he plays. He did, he he's like he has a little gunslinger in him. But I like whenever he dials in, his accuracy is on point. Yeah, for sure. And they all got they got decent pieces. James Robinson ran for 102 yards a touchdown. They're uh, the man. He is making some. He is putting these receivers to work. I mean, Tyler Eifert had a touchdown. He had a really good touchdown. Who was he? You know, he was the Bengals pick, and you yeah, know, he just had yeah, an injury had a bug for really so many injuries, years. Yeah. yeah, but I, I like, I like both the Titans and the Jaguars. You know, the Titans, uh, they kind of let him back in. But Ryan Tannehill, eighteen for twenty four, two hundred thirty nine yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Without AJ Brown, great day. Too. Without AJ Brown, yeah, great day at the office for him. I, I like both these teams. I think the Jaguars are gonna are gonna ruin a lot of teams' playoff seeds. Yeah, I, I think they could be like the uh, another one of those like fun six or seven win teams where it's like they're probably not gonna do anything, but they could definitely influence uh, the year mm. for a lot of other teams. Um, and, I still I I really like the Titans this year though. I think because yeah. they should have beat Denver by a lot more last week. It was just a weird mm. kicking week from Gostowski. Yeah, seems to have gotten in order. Um, but the Titans look like the best team and a relatively kind of shitty division because i'm not that sold on indy even though they had a big win and me neither houston i think yeah eh. yeah i'm a very on houston i gotta say the most boring team in football not the worst just the most boring team in football is the detroit lions they are so <laughs> nothing there are so nothing nothing of a team yeah they don't have anyone that really excites me. pops none uh, the Packers beat beat just beat them up forty two twenty one. Packers say, Aaron Rodgers way Packers better than good. I thought they'd be. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers eighteen for thirty two hundred forty yards two touchdowns. Aaron Jones great day eighteen carries one hundred sixty eight yards nine he averaged nine point three yards per carry two touchdowns. Had himself a Packers, day. Yeah, yeah. Packers are looking pretty. Da- I think they got that division wrapped up. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is on the fuck you management tour this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I uh, then uh, before we get to our teams, I got to let me wrap up this. The Colts beat the Vikings eleven to twenty eight to eleven. Vikings are terrible. I think I don't know who's worse, the Jets or the Vikings at this oh, point. The Kirk Jets. Cousins. The Jets are it's, much yeah. worse than the because the Vikings have at least lost to like two. Oh, I guess the Jets have lost to two good teams too. But the Jets yeah. should have come back against San Francisco after they lost yeah. their like entire core in the yeah. first half, and they didn't even make it close. Kirk Cousins, this is has to be the worst stat line for any quarterback in week two. 11 for 26, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Man, I thought that he would thrive in a no-fans environment. Turns out he's even worse. <laughs> Terrible. Absolutely horrible. And if I'm the Vikings, I would I would love to see Trevor Lawrence with the Vikings. That would be great. I don't, I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence with the Jets. That would be awful. The Kirk, Terrible. The Kirk Cousins signing has ended up uh yeah not being great for them not at all terrible boring game and even the fucking colts are are nothing to fucking they're they're both they're a boring team too but man did they fucking kick the shit out of the vikings yeah yeah they that was kind of surprising especially after indy blew it to jacksonville because i went from thinking indy's mm-hmm. like going to be kind of a shitty team to after they blew up minnesota thinking oh maybe they're kind of good and yeah. Uh, yeah, but that that was a boring game, and it was weird when I, I initially went to a different sports bar to start watching the games, and that Minnesota Indiana game or Indianapolis game was on so many different TV screens, and I was like, God damn! Even when I watch two minutes of this, I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah, 
And uh, before I think we should end with your game, but the Dolphins lost to the Bills twenty-eight to thirty-one. I thought the uh, well, we're going to go into the four o'clock games too. I would imagine. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is for our end games. of the one o'clock games. Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins and Bills. Uh, the Dolphins, feed went Bills. out for a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so lightning delay. So there was a there was a lightning the power outage at the stadium to where CBS Sports couldn't air the last five minutes of the first quarter and the first five minutes of the second quarter, which was frustrating because the Dolphins scored a touchdown during that blackout. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick to Devontae Parker. Yeah, they showed it on Red Zone uh, later. Someone got it on their yeah, cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Dolphins have the worst statistically. If you look at the stats, the worst defense in the first two weeks. We've given up. We gave up 524 yards to the Bills, 413 passing yards, 111 rushing yards. We gave up 8.9 yards per play. Total, awful, awful, and somehow we still kind of made this made this a game. Yeah, three point Josh, game, right? Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen, look at this. Look at this. Look, this is insane. 24 for 35, 417 yards, four touchdowns. How is that possible? Can I can I just say about that because I'm seeing people cream their jeans over Josh Allen. And it is impressive. Obviously, it's good. He's doing what he should be doing, and I don't. I don't choose to discredit people for doing what they should do. I think you can only play the schedule that you have. But yeah. everyone being like, "Oh, this means he's like a, a really the like king he's a of the star. AFC East." It's like, Josh Allen runs through Buffalo. Fucking Jameis has had great games like this against shitty teams. It's uh, he played the Jets and the Dolphins, and he did what he was supposed to do. He put it up on bad defenses and scored yeah. touchdowns and won the game. When he plays L.A. next week, that'll be more interesting. If he can play really well against them, then Mm -hmm. I might shut the fuck up. But I'm not buying all this Josh Allen hype still. Yeah. And the thing with the Dolphins is last week we just we let the Patriots run all over us. I mean, we gave up the most rushing yards. And now this week we give up the the most passing yards. I'm not worried because I think I I trust in Coach Flo. I trust the I trust the whole the whole process of the whole thing, whatever. But I really I gotta say I I like what I'm seeing from the offense when we when we can get stuff rolling. I think it's really effective. It's also very frustrating because the reason we lost this game was a defense, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is because we want we want to see Tua. You know, we want to see Tua. We want to see Tua play. But Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for forty-seven, threw for forty-seven, completed thirty-one, threw one hundred twenty-eight yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Had a pretty decent day running the ball, though. We cannot run the ball for shit. None of our, none of, none of the people who rushed for us rushed over fifty yards. It's weird because I thought I wasn't stoked about Jordan Howard, but I thought Matt Breda was like a good sneaky pickup for you guys. Is he playing or is he? He's playing. He's playing. Jordan Howard's the one. He, Jordan Howard scored a touchdown, but he's he carried the ball five times, scored it, uh, got four yards. Our lead back right now is Miles Gaskin. Seven carries, 46 yards. He's a second-year player out of Washington. And let me give you a fantasy tip for out there if you guys are looking for tight ends. Mike Kosecki for the Dolphins. Eight receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown. If you're yeah. looking for a tight end pickup at this this part of the season, I think Mike Kosecki is pretty much on most people's waiver wires. Yeah, Kevin almost fucked me on that this week. Luckily, I had Waller who balanced it out. Yeah. But, yeah, I almost almost lost because of Kosecki's huge game. Yeah. Uh man, uh, uh, who do we play? Now? Oh, we play the we play the Jags Thursday. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prime uh, time. I guess we could. Yeah, we, we can move on to the. the I, this is the game. I, I was surprised. Red Zone really showed like I think the least of this game. It it wasn't that interesting of a game. It was honestly kind of boring. Uh, Bucks and Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I hear it's it's so strange. Um, 
the shit that I'm hearing from the national media as opposed to like someone who watched the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm blinded by homerism or not, but I thought Tom Brady played really well. Um, stat line says he played pretty. It played and the, and the stat line doesn't even do him justice. Like the stat line shows like a decent you know game managed thing. The yeah. interception was like kind of part on him, part on Gronk. People say he like way overthrew him because of pressure. I'm like I don't know. It seemed like Gronk wasn't looking for the ball when he should have. And he mm-hmm. definitely could have made a play on the ball, but didn't. Um, there was two drop touchdowns easily. Uh, Brady underthrew a flea flicker by quite a bit. It was probably his worst throw of the day. It was still completed to Justin Watson, but he did overthrow what would have been a sure touchdown. Um, where Justin Watson had to slow way down to catch it, and then he got tackled. That was the only one that was really bad. There was a fumble that was really more on Ronald Jones than Brady, but they you know credit it to Brady because anytime it gets fumbled on the handoff, it's quarterbacks mistake mm-hmm. on the stat sheet um tons of drops dude like i think pro football focus had a stat that showed that the bucks have like the most drops of any team in the nfl wow. this shocking. season so far like eight through the first good one play godwin didn't play he was in concussion protocol he is out though now so he will play against the broncos Okay. Um, we should. I love that the Broncos are up next because the Bucks are clearly oh, yeah. still should be yeah. out of should be a nice win on offense. You guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's it should have been like forty, at least like forty one, forty two to seventeen instead of thirty one to seventeen. Should have never gotten as close as it did. But Leonard Fournette played great. I thought he had a hundred yards and two touchdowns. I think one or two. Um, he had a. I have it right here. He had twelve carries, one hundred and three yards. He averaged eight. 8.6 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Good yeah. day for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he iced the game for I us. I saw that. Yeah, those two touchdowns were the ones I saw or were his. Yeah, he was great, man. When he got into the open field, because I just see him as like a big bruiser, and then I forget. I'm like, once he gets oh, to the second athlete. level, he flies, man. That that touchdown to ice the game was beautiful. I like. It's so weird because I haven't seen a good running back in Tampa since like, you know, pre Adderall Doug Martin or pre uh, Oxycontin Doug Martin. Um, but he just Fournette played great. Ronald Jones is still the starter, according to Bruce Arians, but that can't last more than another week or two. Fournette is just yeah. way better. Yep, I totally agree. I think he'll. I think they're just gonna. At this point, he had he had twelve carries. Uh, Ronald Jones had seven, so it looks like they're yeah. giving like they're giving him the nod. Yeah, and good news is how did the Panthers Teddy, play? How did the Panthers play? Yeah, I thought I was. About to say, Teddy, I thought, played a great game other than a couple interceptions where one of them, he just airmailed a screen pass. That was totally on him um, and it ended up being a whitehead interception. Um, other than that, I thought he made really good plays when he wasn't just under pressure. The Bucks did a really good job of getting pressure on him. The Bucks also did kind of back off in the second half. It was a lot of, you know, safe coverages. Just don't let him beat you deep. So Carolina and Teddy were able to put together some long drives, mm-hmm. which kind of plays into their favor because that's mm. carolina's kind of game is just like if you're able to check it down to mccaffrey or you know hand it off to him and just kind of inch it down the field that's teddy's game that's mccaffrey's game so that didn't make a lot of sense from a schematic standpoint but once mccaffrey hurt his ankle carolina when, was that? when did that happen that happened like i think end of the third beginning of the fourth um okay so sometime in the second half and once that happened, Carolina, again, couldn't really get anything going. I think Tampa Bay had, like, they forced, like, four or five turnovers, got five sacks. The defense played, I thought, really good for the most part. Like, the first half was amazing, I thought. They they played really, really well in the first half. Second half, they kind of let them back into it. 
Um, but then when they needed to like lock up again, once they got back to a one possession game, they played great again. So mm. overall, I think the Bucks defense is able to keep them in the games while the offense figures it out. So that's exactly what we needed. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be out multiple weeks with an ankle injury. So there's that. Put that to the injury list. Yeah, another bad injury. It looked like he was getting ready to come back in too. So I was surprised. But I guess when he didn't mm-hmm. come back in, that's how you know that it's pretty serious. So yeah, it's like I think two uh, to six weeks is what they're expecting. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, that's it for the two one o'clock games. Let me see the. All right, so here we go. We got here to start the four o'clock games. Uh, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray beat the Washington football team pretty convincingly 30 to 15 wasn't even close at any point um yeah Kyler Haskins had, Dwayne Haskins had a decent game 19 for 33 223 yards one touchdown decent game I guess he just needed more from the defense at this point I mean Kyler Murray he shredded him had a, he had a, shredded he did he shredded them but uh he had one interception two, 26 for 38 286 yards through the air, one touchdown. Kenyon Drake carried the ball 20 times, 86 yards, and no touchdowns. But Kyler Murray, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Good fantasy day. Yeah, good fantasy Glad day. I started him this week. DeAndre Hopkins, eight receptions for 68 yards, one touchdown. He's playing great, by the way. Yeah. I was watching him. like that. I like the Cardinals a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I'm really enjoying my Kyler Murray pick Like when I got him. Yeah. I that was like there's always one where i just feel really good about it after mm-hmm. a couple of weeks and that was one where i'm like good i fucking nailed that as yeah. long as he stays healthy he's gonna be top five fantasy quarterback throughout this year that is for sure no doubt about it um not much to report on the outside i think the i think the re- the uh why i can't almost, i keep on almost saying that horrible <laughs> horrible name because you're racist but uh that is I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> nah, you're just, you're just a Florida kid. You're just a Florida kid. I'm just, I'm just a Florida kid, you know? I love to say that name. Uh, nothing much to... I think that team... I think Washington's still a decent team. I think they're... I think, honestly, better coach than uh, than the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. I think Ron Rivera kind of has a grasp on the, what that team is capable of. Yeah, Ron Rivera's Still a very some, young team. Some, yeah. I, it's probably some tough luck. I've probably been a little bit... Harder on him just because he was a rival coach, but at the end of the day, his teams are usually like pretty well disciplined. They just tend to have yeah. some some rough injury luck, and the front office in Carolina never really did him too many favors. So, not yeah. that that's going to happen in Washington either, but they should be a lot more competitive than they have been. Yeah, and then I think a game to me that utterly disappointed me was the uh, Baltimore Houston game. Quiet. It was a quiet game. I think the Texans defense did a pretty decent job on on Lamar. Only limiting him to one touchdown pass, 204 yards. Kind of made him do the dinky-dunky type of stuff that he likes to do. That ground game, though. Yeah, that ground game. Mark Ingram, 55 yards. Gus Edwards, 73 yards. Lamar Jackson, 54 yards. J.K. Dobbins, 48 yards. Decent game. I think the Texans kind of just whiffed on this. Uh, 275 yards for Deshaun Watson. One touchdown, one interception. They could not run the ball to save their lives. The Ravens' defense kind of suffocated them. David Johnson only had 11 carries for 34 yards, and no one else ran the ball, apparently. Yeah, it was a lot of passing from Houston from what I saw. They played quite a bit of that on red zone. Uh, Yeah, it looked like it just felt like Baltimore was dominating the entire game. Really excited for for next week, though, Baltimore and Kansas City. Oh, yeah, that's Monday night, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. 
then we have a, I think the surprise game of the week. I think the a good. Uh, I think let me see this. Uh, I would say this is a surprise game of the four o'clock games. The Kansas City and Chargers. I thought this was going to be a blowout for Kansas City, but uh, the Chargers. Uh, uh, a late scratch for them was Tyrod Taylor. He he didn't even start the game. Had some chest problems. Had to go check that out. Yeah, did you hear what happened? Turn- it was like I th- I, was it a rib thing? So he like hurt ch- his ribs on Friday, or a rib issue flared up on Friday, and then he was going to wear a flak jacket and plan to play. But then he got a pregame like pain reliever injection mm-hmm. in his ribs, and he just like didn't take to it well. So they had to rush him to the hospital. Um, he ended up being fine. But it was just like a weird reaction that he had to it. So mm-hmm. it was like five or ten minutes before the game. Like Tyrod's out there warming up in the field, gets his injection, can't go. And they're telling the rookie like, all right, you're in. And you have to play against the Super Bowl the- champions. And he played. Yep. Herbert played pretty well. Yeah, played pretty well. 20, 22 for 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one interception. His touchdown pass was very impressive. Yeah, his interception um, was equally unimpressive. But yeah. for the most part, he was throwing darts he was making the right play my only issue yeah. with him people are gassing him up and they should because it for given yeah, the circumstances but City did not did not game plan for justin herbert yeah at all no they didn't I, expect I, yeah. it and herbert made good throws and all that and the, the charges offense i think was good in general De- but, decent enough but not good enough to win i think their defense though did a great job i gotta hand it to the charges defense stepping up they look great limiting the, the kansas city chiefs to only 23 points when they should have really just blown this game out of the water yeah let me see let me see these defensive stats uh man a lot of tackles let me see joey bosa had one sack i think melvin ingram he was got playing one, or he yeah. got like a good like batted ball or something yeah melvin ingram was but, making some plays yeah, that defense did a great job. Stats don't really sh- uh, reflect that, but really good job by the Chargers defense. I think they, Mahomes really didn't have any answers for him until like the fourth quarter. Yeah, he finally started putting it together, and Tyreek finally yeah. showed up. And uh, it was a good win for Kansas City still, too, because I think the Chargers yeah. are a good team, and they're well-coached. But yeah. it was something that was brought up in Hard Knocks, and me and Alex could notice it, too. Alex hasn't even watched Hard Knocks, but when we're watching Justin Herbert, it's like when he's – getting ready to snap the ball, we can kind of tell whether it's going to be a run or pass. And that's Mm. something that um, Anthony Lynn brought up to him at Hard Knocks, too. And it kind of, I can see what Anthony Lynn's talking about, too. It's like he's got, like, when he's ready to pass, he's got, like, his shoulder back or something like that. It's just, like, really weird things that, you know, the other teams aren't studying because they don't have game film on them. But like next week, I think he's gonna have a rougher time because oh yeah, whoever they're playing, I, I don't know who it is, but they're gonna realize like okay, we know when he does this, it's a pass, and when he does this, it's a run. So the bigger test for him, I don't, I think this game was a decent start for him. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not putting too much, I'm not putting any stock into this game for him at all. I think next week and the weeks going forward, because I think Tyrod is not gonna play next week. I think he's, I think Justin Herbert's starting right. Um, they, I don't know what the deal is with Tyrod. I don't think anything conclusive's happened yet. Um, but I think Anthony Lynn said that if Tyrod's good to go, he's the quarterback. Okay. If, if, if Justin Herbert starts next week and he gets a go ahead on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever they, uh, whenever we can get a clear idea who's starting, um, I think it's going to be a little tougher to uh, sledding for him to go for him. Cause like in the second half, you can tell like, 
they could he couldn't put anything together and they only scored six points in the second half yeah kansas city kind of had him figured out towards the end of that that game yeah um let me see then we're uh, moving on to the i think great game surprising game was the seahawks patriots game oh yeah russell russell i gotta we gotta give it up to our boy russell wilson tore up the 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 great pats secondary Two, he only missed seven passes. He was 21 for 28, 288 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Hell of a game for yeah, Russell Wilson. He's so good. Doesn't it feel so good to be right when yeah. we were hyping yeah. up Russell Wilson? Yeah. It feels so yeah. good. And DK Metcalf looks insane. Dude, the, the pregame insane. warm-up shit they were showing like had me just – I, I just mm. didn't know what to say. I was like, God damn, that guy can – he's a beast. He's just – an athlete's four, athlete. Four receptions, 92 yards, one touchdown. Insane, man. What a beast of a man. And I got to give it up to Cam Newton. He, he, he tore it up, too. 30 for 44, 397 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Him and Edelman. the ball 11 have times. A, have a good yeah, connection, Yeah, pretty good, too. Connection, good connection. And they're in this game the whole way. Yeah. There was – and I would say the third quarter, it kind of looked like the Pats were going to run – I mean, the Seahawks were going to run away with it. But in the, third, the fourth quarter – Patriots said, "Nah." I just have to. Kinda... It's, it irked me so much. I hated that play call. The last play, awful, awful play call. It. I'm not sure. So the game, the game came down to the Pats. They got, they got, they had so many. They got some breaks to get there down there, but it ended up with like the final play being it was on the goal line. Cam Newton against eleven of the Seahawks defenders. And they ran the shotgun run, which just didn't make any sense. And earlier in the game, they did this great Cam Newton fake run, then pass. It was a play action right. draw, and and they got it. And like I'm not sure why they didn't run that again. I, I think they just. I think Josh McDaniels was in his head on that one. That's what I was calling the whole time. I was like, they have to do like the Tim Tebow uh, jump pass, play action, yeah. yeah, draw, jump pass. You know, because and especially with the way that it it wound up being too, like when you looked at the replay, the Seahawks were all in on the run. Yes. So it's yes. like the tight end could have easily done like a a chip and gone ran the seam uh, to the mm-hmm. back of the end zone, and he would have been completely open. Now here's the, here's the, here's where I'm gonna get here's where I'm gonna go. Could it have been that that was a play called and Cam audibled out of it and said, "I'm gonna win this game." Well, he would have still won it if he threw it. I mean, no, he audibled out of the pass, and he was like, no, I'm going to run it, and we're going to win this game. I It it could have been, but I don't think that happened. I think mm-hmm. Cam's fine just winning the game, like throwing it. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything, yeah. it, it benefits him more to be yeah. like, see, I'm yeah. not just yeah. a runner. I'm a quarterback, yeah. and y'all slept on me. But yeah. I think it was I think it was definitely a, a Patriots move. Like, you know, the run has done well for us. We're a running team. But we're gonna try to run this at the one, you know. Because yeah. They and they may have also had the Super Bowl in their head too. Of like, remember when Seattle didn't run it at the one? Yeah. You know, we have yeah. this beast of a you know two hundred fifty pounds. They should have just fucking lined it up goal line and just had him jump jump over everybody. Yeah, it should have been a sneak if you're gonna run yeah, it. Yeah, sneak, that didn't make yeah. any sense to do a shotgun run. You're right there. They're right there, man. They're yeah. at the one yard line. They couldn't punch it in. Yeah. 
good win for the Seahawks. So I'm a big fan of the Seahawks team. Yeah, they're apparently their defense is like, or their pass yeah. defense is the worst in the NFL right now. But they've also played two good quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan, yeah. good stats at least. And they also they also lost. Uh, fuck, what's it? Bruce Irvin for the year. Yeah, that's what, yeah. He uh, I, that didn't look good. I was hoping it was just like a pulled hamstring or something. But yeah, that's a bummer that it's a uh, ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and we didn't even talk about the James White news. That was crazy. It's oh terrible. my god! Yeah, terrible. His his parents died on their way in uh in Miami. Did his mom pass away now too? No, I don't know. I have not. I have not uh, kept up. I know his stuff. dad died like on the his scene. Dad, yeah. I think, or he got rushed to the hospital and died. Um, and his mom was in critical condition. Um. I guess she's still in critical condition. She's st- yeah, she's still in critical conditions. Our best wishes to her, to his whole family. Kind of very, very sad, shocking news. Yeah, that's that, that was just so incredibly and, uh, sad to hear that. Yeah. Never want to hear that. And shout out to Russell Wilson for uh, uh, paying his respects after the game in the interview to James White's parents. Yeah. Um, love that guy. Class acts. Uh, He's a Ned Flanders-ass motherfucker, but he is a classy guy. <laughs> He is a classy act. Uh, mo- moving on to Monday night, I thought this game was also going to be a snoozer, but it was a very good game. Yeah. Raiders Saints. Raiders with the upset over the Saints and the newly uh, the Death Star they call it in uh, Las Vegas. We both saw that stadium. We were both very yeah. close to it earlier in the year. Yeah, I remember. I think I don't know about you, but I didn't really like how it looked. It looks because like when you're there, it looks mm-hmm. very plastic. It looks like a toy. Yeah, it does look like a toy. I gotta admit, but inside the stadium, inside I like the good. design. I like that, like the fake fire, uh, whatever you call that, the uh, torch. Oh yeah, like the Al Davis flame. torch thing. Yeah, uh, I like that. that uh, cute. It, when they showed that shot through the uh, the mirrors that they have there, or the windows that they have, like you mm-hmm. could see the hotel that we stayed at. I was like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, yeah, that's where right we're at. Uh, gotta hand, I gotta give it up to John Gruden for putting together a great game plan to contain the Saints uh, offensively. Him and the coaching staff, they did a good job. They limited Drew Brees. Drew Brees looked like the worst quarterback on the field uh, in that game. Threw for twenty, He was 26 for 38, 312 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Alvin Kamara scored two touchdowns, and he only had 79 yards. I was watching uh, the Lightning and the Stanley Cup, so I was watching a lot of uh, Game 2 during the first half of uh, this game, and I had Emmanuel Sanders in my flex, and I thought that he had gotten hurt or something or just didn't show up to the game. Turns out he was on the field the entire game. He just mm-hmm. was a total no-show. So not having Michael Thomas really fucked the Saints up, I think. For sure. Uh, give it, Hand it off. I got to give my tip of the cap. Derek Carr had a great game, 28 for 38, 282 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, which is rare for him. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, 27, 27 carries, 88 yards, averaged 3.3 <laughs> yards per carry, zero touchdowns. Man, they, they ask so much of that guy. And they Darren Waller, Darren Waller. 12 receptions, 103 yards, 88.6 yards per catch, one touchdown. Insane game from him. Good good job on that rookie. Good I had, job. I had Kevin talking to me uh, yesterday when he came home from school. And uh, he was uh, – we were talking about a matchup. He had Josh Jacobs going. I had Emmanuel Sanders and Darren Waller. And he was talking about, oh, Darren Waller, he might just be one of those one-hit wonders. You know, I'm not saying he is, but he might be. And I just mm-hmm. want to say, Kevin, if you're listening, fuck you. You were wrong. <laughs> I was right. Don't forget yeah. who the smartest football mind is in the house. It's me. 
it is you for sure. Who would ever doubt you on that? Kevin. And Oh, that is right, Kevin. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? What's going on? What's up with you? I put Emmanuel Sanders in my flex. You still can't beat me? Yeah. Darren Wall is probably great. Um, he's not a rookie. I said he was a rookie. He's not a rookie, but he's just a young tight end. It's weird, too, because sure, yeah. they knew, yeah. the Saints knew that they were going to him. There's just nothing they could do. Yep, nothing. None of their linebackers could match up well with them. Uh, that's it for uh, week two. Good week of football games. A lot of injuries. Very sad. Very, yeah. very sad. We're sad. We're sad about the injuries. Um, These things would happen in preseason, though. Anyway, I feel like yeah, as yeah, unfortunate as they are all the time, this is like not unexpected. It's it, I don't think it has anything to do with no preseason. It's just this stuff. Instead of happening in preseason week two, it happens regular season week two. Yeah, uh, I guess we can move on to our picks of the of next week. Dolphins at Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to win this one twenty one. I, I would say twenty one to ten. Ooh. I'm going to go Jaguars, but I'm going to go 31-28. Think, because both teams' defenses aren't very good, but their offenses are doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Could even be you more. have Jags 20, what, 28? Uh, I have Jags 31, Dolphins 28. Uh, pretty close game. Hmm. Yeah, I think it'll come down to it. Uh, first. Okay. Uh, man, there's a lot of stinkers next week. Yeah, I saw uh, that. A lot of, I think uh, a lot of Vegas and and Patriots play next week. That should be yeah, a it's a good game. game. I'll take the uh, who's home for this? Is it? I think it's in Patriots New England. Home? Let me double check. That. Yeah. Raiders are two and zero going into the Patriots. I'm gonna, I'll take the Patriots on this one. I'm gonna take the Patriots too. What do you got for the score? Hmm. I'll say it's a four point spread. I would go Patriots twenty seven, Raiders twenty four. Okay. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'll go Patriots 26, Raiders 19. All right. Oh, we got Rams and Bills, too. Yeah, that's a good. That's the. I would say that's the best game of the one o'clock series, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Oh, this is oh Rams are sticking on the East Coast. You're not going to go back home after this one. I'm going to go Rams on this one, and I'm going to go Rams twenty-eight seventeen. Ooh, all right. I think the Bills are going to be on a little hangover. I'm going to go Rams twenty-seven twenty-four. All right. Um. I guess I, I'm buying into the Rams hype. We'll see, though. This is, I think, their first. This is, the I, this is both teams' first real test. Because yeah, neither this is have be a great game. Very tough Good game next week. Uh, I, I guess we could do Cowboys Seahawks. Seahawks, I don't, yeah. For I don't sure. think it's going to be a good game, though. <laughs> I think Seahawks is going to win pretty handily. I say Seahawks. 
I'll go Seahawks, 31. Cowboys, 17. I'm going to do something pretty similar. I'm going to go Seahawks, 30. I'll do 34. Cowboys, 17. And then, I think Bucks Broncos would have been interesting, but now it's, with all the injuries, it's not that interesting. So then I would say Packers Saints on Sunday night. That's going to be a good game, I think. I'm going to go Packers here. I think the Packers are playing better. I'm going to go Packers too. I'll go Packers. I think it's going to be high score. I'm going to go Packers 41, Saints 30. Ooh. Actually, I'm going to say Saints 37. Oh, all right. I'm going to go. Packers 38, Saints 30. All right. Then we got the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, Game of the week, Monday night. It's at Baltimore. Like it matters. At this point, this is such a toss-up, man. It really is. I'm going to go Ravens on this one. I think the Ravens are playing with the chip. They're going to come into this game with a really big chip on their shoulder after that, after that loss in the playoffs last year. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens 37, Chiefs 33. I'm going to go Ravens 31, Chiefs 29. I think the Chiefs uh, missed a two-point conversion towards the end of the game. And it's like that close. Okay, and that's it for week week three of the NFL. Man, this is a this week's a mixed bag of a, like a lot of garbage one o'clock games next week. It's a great red a zone. A lot week. of garbage. It is a great red zone week. Um, actually, you know what? Do you think the who do you think who are you taking on the Browns Washington game? Uh, I'm gonna go with the I'll go with the Browns. I think the Browns end up eking it out. I think it's gonna be close though. Yeah, me too. I'm not sure who wins that one. I kind of think all these games... Um, I'm trying to think. I think all the games will actually be pretty close. Except for Titans and Vikings. Mm. And Jets and Colts. And maybe Lions Jets and Cardinals. And I think every other game will be pretty close, though. Or it should be. Oh, maybe Colts. Tampa Bay-Denver. I think with the injuries, Tampa Bay should blow out Denver. But you never know. What's the worst game? 49ers, Giants, or Jets, Colts? I think 49ers, Giants is probably going to be pretty terrible in terms of like there being no one really interesting on the field. Um, but Jets, Colts has a similar problem. Although it is like... You have Sam Darnold against Colts. Yeah, you have Sam Darnold, which is... And just the overall implosion of the Jets is interesting to watch, too. It's kind of like what makes... I guess that's like kind of what makes the Lions so interesting to watch. Like They don't have anyone of note on their team. Mm-hmm. But watching them self-destruct is kind of entertaining well that's it that's all i got for us today uh premier league started this week i guess we can do a recap of the first week uh oh, yeah the uh, liverpool's gotten in uh two games so far yeah. man city's only gotten one uh i guess we can talk about that more next week when we get some more games in our belt um yes yeah, thanks early, for yeah. this yeah uh, anything you want to tell the people next before we head out uh no thanks for for listening and, and sticking sticking with us high vertical army high vertical army we appreciate you we love you we'll see you next week